What's going on, FA Nation? Welcome back. Uh, Dan Malin, Matt Sales. He is the two-time NASCAR FSWA Writer of the Year. And Matt, I have a question for you because since we've come back from the Olympics, I am probably on one of my coldest streaks ever. Uh, Watkins Glen for Xfinity and uh, I think the trucks ran. I believe they did. Uh, I was sitting pretty. I was looking really good. And then just bad luck happened. More bad luck happened for the cup race. Now, I will say, this week I kind of identified my cold streak. I knew it was happening. And so I pulled back a little bit. I didn't play as heavy. But the bad luck continued. Um, Should I just chalk it up to very odd circumstances at back-to-back road courses? Or am I just really bad at this now? I I was looking really good in the spring. I was hot in the spring. I was making money, like, weekly with every race. But since we've basically since the start of July, since Sonoma, I've been kind of cold. Yeah, I think, well, there's been massive variance at the road races this year. Like, I mean, even going back to Sonoma, right? We had the last lap, the last turn. That's true. Like, craziness <laughs> that took out a bunch of people and then changed, you know, you could be winning a thousand bucks one minute and then down to zero the that, next. Cause... That wreck is the reason I, I made money. Uh, on that race, but you know, right. it's, it's just the last two weeks have just been brutal on my bankroll. Yeah, it's uh, it's been okay for me, not great. I mean, I've, I made money back. Uh, we did have a pretty good weekend for one of our uh, members of the uh, family, though. I don't know uh, how <laughs> this weekend <laughs> somehow, somehow so avoided the bullets. yeah, somehow avoided the curbtastrophe in the cup race, uh, Cheers which is what I'm Bay Chiefs. Yeah, which is what I'm calling it, the curbtastrophe, because that was nuts. And anybody that wants to complain about that, that's com- completely unforeseen. Uh, it's never happened, and you know how I know? Because Dale Jr., Dale Jarrett, and Kyle Petty, all on the NBC broadcast, who have families that go back to the roots of auto racing, all said they've never seen anything like it in their entire racing careers. Um it's just a fluke thing. It it just, you know, gave out at exactly the wrong time um, and took out a bunch of cars. It was unfortunate. Glad everybody was safe. Uh, but those of you who were on Twitter going, oh, we should go back to the Oval now. No. Just no. The Oval I tweeted that in sarcasm just because sucked. I was so – I was so – no, and I agree with you. The Oval race is boring. It's not meant for stock car racing. I, I tweeted that or posted it in the Discord just out of sheer frustration because I was having an awful weekend for the second straight week. I am a little happy to get back to just left turns only. Um, but the the issue with the oval at Indy is, one, it, it gets a boring race. It gets very spread out. And two, with that race, it's so much more unpredictable on pit road because it's so narrow, at least for the road course. They had that long runoff where they could still maintain speed and then get down. And, and then kind of they runoff, would enter. Yeah, they entered in like an orderly fashion and, and it was just more organized. But, yeah, it was rough. Just just back to back weeks of just just bad luck. A lot of variance on road courses uh, looking forward to Michigan very much so. Yeah, uh, Michigan is kind of one of those standardized tracks at this point where you can take uh, track history pretty well. 
Um, also, guys that have been running in this package reasonably well this year, uh, you can use that as well. Uh, so we won't get any practice this weekend. Uh, starting spots have already been set. They've been set by the formula, which for guys coming off the Indy Road Course in the Cup Series really kind of sucks because, you know, there's a lot of guys who are having real good runs. Um, you know, like Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon were following each other, like, quite a lot in the uh, race uh, uh, at Indy Road Course. In fact, they both went for the same um, stage points because they're, they're, you know, Austin Dillon is currently on the bubble for the playoffs, and Tyler Reddick is currently in. Uh, they're separated by, like, a dozen points, I think. So they were battling it out for stage points, and um, then they both wound up wrecked with, like, five to go. So it's going to be kind of chaotic here with the starting spots based off of you know, last week's finishes. Um, <clears throat> Chase Briscoe, by the way, I saw Bob Pockers tweet out that he officially counts as finishing uh, 26th because NASCAR parked him for making uh, having an incident with another car while under a penalty. Um, so that's a whole other thing. If you all saw the Fox, um, you know, the, the radioactive tweet from Fox, they miss... They, they intentionally changed the syncing of the radio communication with Briscoe and the video to make it seem like Briscoe knew he was under penalty when he hit Hamlin. And that's not at all the case if you actually listen to the 14 cars radio. They did not know when he made contact with Hamlin that Briscoe was supposed to be doing a stop and go penalty. Otherwise, Briscoe would have stopped. He's never wrecked anybody on purpose in his life. So, um, so, yeah, but now uh, on to Michigan. It's the last best hope for a standard winner before the playoffs because we get Michigan and, we and then we get Daytona. And Hamlin and Harvick have not yet won. So if there's a crazy winner at Michigan and anything happens at Daytona, that means one of them won't be making the playoffs. Which is nuts, because you're talking about two dudes that won a combined, like, 19 races last year. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so we get Michigan. Uh, it's a Ford week. Ford is very, very high on doing well at Michigan. That's kind of their birthplace. Um, they have an all-Ford dinner the night before the race, usually. Uh, try to, you know psych everybody up who's driving a Ford like we need you to win this so we can sell more cars and whatever usually it works it has four out of the last five years <laughs> but yeah so we get we get that this weekend it's a triple header weekend actually because trucks and X well I guess trucks is a gateway right yeah, yeah. and then Xfinity's in Michigan cups in Michigan let's still call it a triple header it's always nice when you get trucks on Friday night I love truck races on Friday it's yeah, I'm, I'm that weirdo that goes to the bar and asks them to put on a truck series race, and everyone's like, look at this loser. And I'm just like, I'm a gambling degenerate. I don't apologize. We um, were talking about truck bets, top 10 truck bet or top we're five talking, truck bets before we started recording the podcast. So <laughs> some, some very tempting odds. So definitely check out the Wager Alarm Best Bets article. It'll be out tomorrow uh, for the truck and Xfinity series. But Matt, so... It's the first time the Xfinity – I don't think Xfinity ran Michigan in 2020. I think the last race they ran was 2019. Uh, Tyler Reddick uh, no, won they it. No, they did. 
the for Xfinity? Yeah. You might be correct. They did a doubleheader weekend in Michigan for Cup. Yeah, and so what tracks can we compare to Michigan? Um, it's a two-mile – it's technically called Michigan International Super Speedway. It's two miles. It, it does have the classic D shape, but what other tracks can we draw comparisons to? So Auto Club at this point is a pretty bad comparison because they haven't raced there in two years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a sister track to Auto Club. The layout's almost identical the way the, the um, seats are, and, in fact, um, they were started by the same guy. So uh, they're, they're obviously <clears throat> quite comparable. If you want a more recent track uh, to compare uh michigan too you can kind of compare it to kansas a little bit um because they're both kind of shallower um multi-groove faster tracks for their miami maybe um possibly though michigan doesn't have the the tire wear that miami has okay um but can you run the outer line yeah you can for sure and we'll see larson do it um, in this package, that's been a little bit more reduced, but you can still do it. Um, and you can stay open throttle the entire time. Like nobody's ever going to be on brakes until they get to pit road. Um, so yeah, it's a two mile track. It's going to be one of the faster ones, generally speaking. Um, though this is the, um, it's the 550 horsepower package this weekend that's on the car. So, you know, high downforce. A lot of drag. It's going to be... If somebody gets the setup right, they're going to run away with it. Let's just put it that way. Uh, so what you're saying is with this package is that we are probably not looking too closely at JGR and Eric Almarola. Generally not. Um, JGR has struggled a bit in this package, though. You know, you still got... I mean, Kyle Busch has done well at Michigan. I mean, he's done well almost everywhere. Everywhere. Generally speaking... Um, Truex, the last five Michigan races, actually has an average finish of eight and a half. Um, second best in the field. Um, so he's been you know, so hard to read. He has, and generally Ugh. speaking, this package yeah. has not been good for him. Usually yeah. it's the 750 this year that's been better for him. Um, so yeah, you got to be kind of choosy here with your JGR guys. Uh, Eric Amarola definitely not in play this week. Um, well, okay. Let's not say definitely not in play. He prefers flatter tracks, obviously. One in New Hampshire does well at Phoenix. Um, but he isn't a Ford. He is at Stuart Haas. They tend to like to show out um, at this track, though historically he's not been great. My Denny Hamlin and flat track and Martinsville comparison last week for Indy Road Course, it almost came to fruition. It almost did. That was a great, and that's part of the reason I liked Hamlin quite a lot is because it's a flatter road track. He doesn't have to deal with the um, elevation change and getting on throttle and off throttle quite so much. And he almost won. He, he almost, almost did. He almost did. Don't remind him. He still doesn't like Chase Briscoe. Um, <laughs> but that was a very well-run race by Hamlin. I thought he was a sneaky, um, sneaky play. In fact, that's why I put him in the best bets piece um did not bet omendinger because i don't know i mean it, you know whatever it, so a lot shorter let's let's call it like it is like he won the race great for him it's exciting but that was um, handed to him. 
It's almost like Blaney's Charlotte Rovo victory. A lot had to happen for him to get the win. Because if you flash back to Blaney's uh, Rovo victory in the first Charlotte Rovo race, Truex was going to win that race. He was in the lead with a corner to go, and JJ sent it in too hard and spun them. And then Blaney came through because he was in third and just basically passed them as they were spinning. Um, Yeah, that's essentially the same thing that happened with Dinger. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, Amarola, getting back to this, has not been... When given the chance to qualify, he's been very good at qualifying. Not so good in the race at Michigan. Um, now, Matt has been very busy this week. Matt has a very important move. Matt will not be on next week's podcast. I will be joined by Ed Rouse as we preview the final regular season race. It's going to be Daytona. Um, so Matt and I are going to – we're not going to fly through the field. It's just we're not going to be previewing as many drivers as we normally do. We're going to be saving them for – the playbook um and for that reason we're just going to skip over truck and xfinity dk preview only because the prices dropped a couple hours ago i haven't really looked at them so with that said matt kyle larson on the pole he's looked really good at michigan this is a track that that caters uh strongly to his style of driving he's eleven thousand five hundred, but we typically see the driver that's on the pole they can easily get out in front and lead the entire first stage here yeah. Uh, anybody know what Kyle Larson's original cup nickname was? Right now, it's currently Young Money. That's not his original. Money? It was not his original. His original cup nickname was Two Mile Kyle. Two Mile Kyle. Because the first four or five wins he had at the Cup Series came at either Michigan or Auto Club. He you did know, not win mile and a half tracks until this year. He did not win road races until this year did not win short tracks until this year he only he had only won at two mile tracks and in fact he won three either three consecutive times in michigan or three of four races in michigan and chase elliott finished second to him every one of those times um so that was several races ago now in fact if you look at the last five races in michigan larson does not have any credits for wins in the last five but if you go to the last 10 michigan races He's got three of those. Um, he's on the pole at a track that he has just straight up been ridiculous at um, in his career. Um, even though he's not had any wins or a lot of fast laps or laps led in the last three Michigan races, he still moved up seven spots a race. Mm-hmm. So even if he was starting in the middle of the field, he could still move up. Now, if you go to the last ten Michigan races... Uh, Kyle Larson, even though he hasn't led a single lap in the last three Michigan races, still averages 17.6 laps led per race in the last uh, eight. So he's led quite a few here. He gets fastest laps. He's got three wins. He's going to be really popular, like like really popular. Um, Do you think Kyle Larson, just given the pedigree of the driver, how he's clearly been the class of the field, his is like in a situation like this when he's he's racing at a track that he's had plenty of success at. He's on the pole. Do you think eleven thousand five hundred could simply be a little too soft, and that he should be closer to twelve, maybe twelve five, maybe get the Kyle Busch in Xfinity? Yeah, I mean, I had that thought. Like my thought on 
Sunday when Parker's tweeted out that he was pretty sure Larson was going to be on the poll based on his calculations, which basically turned out to be right. I was like, so the question is, just how steep is DK going to go with Larson on the pole at a track he's won at three times? And they went conservative. And they went conservative. They're keeping the soft pricing going. And we'll get to his teammate here in a minute, which I think is who is ridiculously uh, low priced. Um, Bowman? No, I actually think it's Chase. That's that's Oh, 92. I didn't even see that. He's 92. He's ninety two hundred bucks, so he's a thousand dollars on DraftKings. He's a thousand dollars less than Byron. Byron is ten two. Yeah, Byron's a little too high for my liking. Um, Byron's shown speed, but also in like four of the last five races outside the top twenty or top twenty yeah. three of them. Yeah, he you know well okay. So last weekend he was running fourth before the whole front of his car blew up. Right. On um. And he, I think he ran sixth at Watkins Glen. Did he not? Didn't I thought he had a pretty good run at Watkins? He finished sixth at Watkins Glen, twenty first at New Hampshire, twentieth uh, at Atlanta, and then thirty third. Man, uh, yeah. For Indy Road Course, started first, finished thirty third. For Road America, started first, finished thirty third. <laughs> yeah, he had something break on his car for Road yeah. Course too, uh, but. Chase Elliott is starting second and has been really fast this year, too. Now, I know you can make the argument he's gone backwards in most of the recent oval races. Um, They haven't been a strong suit. The road courses recently have been where he's bolstered his values. That's all well and good. But to talk about a guy who is starting second, is still in a Hendrick Chevy, has finished second at this track three separate times, only to the guy who's starting on the pole. Uh, I think it's a little soft. I think it's a little soft. Um, I get that Byron starting 18th, and he could have some position upside there. But And Bowman starting 10th, I don't really know what to do with him just yet. I mean, he's been okay here. Not great. Um... Yeah, same with Byron. They've been okay. So I think in general, the pricing for Hendrick is soft. I, I do. Um, let's pivot to Team Penske, uh, the most elite forwards in the field, arguably. Um, I don't even want to touch on SHR because Eric Almorola is the only driver with a win this year. But Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, 98, 96, 9,000 respectively. This is a huge track for Brad Keselowski. We've seen him priced down significantly in recent weeks. Um, there's the argument that he may be checked out, just ready to go to Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing. But this is his home track, and yes. this obviously means a lot to him. Um, he, wa- he has he, actually he, he has stated that winning at Michigan would mean more to him than winning the Daytona 500. I can understand that. And no Michigan-born driver has ever won at Michigan International Speedway at any level. And currently, in the cup level, it's just him and Eric Jones that are Michigan-born drivers, right? Correct. Yeah, I, be- yeah, I believe that that's the, uh, that that's the case. Yeah, because it used to be, I guess, Kansas was from Wisconsin, I guess, but... Um, they didn't raise Road America back then. <laughs> nope, they did not. <laughs> or the Milwaukee Mile, or 
Slinger Nationals. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So this is always a big weekend for Ford, regardless of the team. Um, I will say that Kislowski in the past has realized he's put too much pressure on himself to win here and has wound up making stupid mistakes. Um, I would say that after Indy Road, that you can't have a dumber mistake than just sliding it out right to the wall, coming off of the turn 14 into the home stretch, yeah. and just ruining your day. Um, that was pretty, that, that was not a, a great idea from his part. Um, I will say that in the Penske stable, Blaney this year has been better at this package than his teammates. Um, Blaney has seemed to have the better speed in the 550, while Logano has the better speed in the 750, and then Kislowski's just kind of hanging out. Um, I would say based on that, I'm leaning more into Blaney this weekend, um, who's been running better than I think a lot of his wishes <clears throat> credit for. Um, and then it's kind of a toss-up to me between Logano and Kozlowski, frankly. I mean, Logano's got slightly better track history in the last five races here, but um, we all know the motivation is there for uh, Kez to try to become the first Michigan-born driver. And there's basically zero difference in position upside because they're starting 19th and 20th. So, yeah. Uh, let's do a I quick will, I will say we have to touch on Kevin Harvick. Well, I was just about to pivot to SHR just because of Kevin Harvick's uh, resume here. Is yes. he the only SHR driver that we're going to preview? Uh, yeah. I mean, the Let's reason not... we're previewing him, yeah. aside from him being in a Ford, is that if you look up the last five Michigan races, <clears throat> the guy who's won it most often in that span is Kevin Harvick with four wins. He has four wins in the last five races here. The worst finish was seventh. So this is easily his best shot to get a win right now. It's not even close because he just doesn't do very well at Daytona typically. Um, and if he gets a win... You have to weigh what, what he's done this year. What? Don't you have to weigh what he's done this year? Yeah, you do. And he's... <clears throat> I mean, they've been decent. I'm not going to say they've been great, but they've been... Decent. I mean, he's hauled off four straight finishes of top 15s. Not elite, but not terrible. Last weekend on a road course in which we don't usually see him do all that great. Moved up 11 spots. Okay. Mm -hmm. And at Watkins Glen, he basically held serve. Right? Now he's back up to 10,000 this week because he's at a track where he's flat out dominated. But we've talked about this before where... Feeling comfortable at a track can outdo any terrible equipment you've been in this year. Like, we saw it with, um, who the heck did I say earlier this year that it's, like, his favorite track? He does very well. I think it was, like, Eric Jones at, uh, like, Darlington or something. Um where he's very comfortable there. It's his favorite track. He knows the setup he's looking for. And bam! Like, even though he'd been stinking coming in, that guy had a pretty good weekend. So, yeah, is it a steep price to pay for Kevin Harvick? Sure, but you're 
paying up because of what he's done recently here. Um, all right. Now, we're going to try and keep this uh, preview short. Um, don't want to preview every driver in the field. Who are some mid-range drivers that you're considering this week outside of the top four teams? I'm mostly looking at uh, Austin Dillon, Tyler Reddick, only because they're both fighting for a playoff spot. Um, honestly, I kind of like – I don't know what to make of Daniel Suarez this week because – Michigan holds a special place in my DFS heart because this was the first track where I ever had a return of over $1,000. And it was because I believe Daniel Suarez had like a top five finish here back in 2019 that really helped me um, push one lineup ahead of the field. Um, but so are some drivers that you're looking at in this 6,500 to 8K range. Yeah, I mean, Suarez can be used as a GPP guy. He's had a pretty good run here. Um, Previously, he's got three top 20s, you know, an 11th, a 4th, and a 5th. Granted, in better equipment. Although that 99-car team has shown to be pretty quick. Not going to like, they've shown they've had some pretty good speed. They just don't have quite the consistency um, in parts and, and whatnot. Um, they're just not that great. They just haven't been that good on road courses this year, really. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly because they have things that break or, um, mm-hmm. you know, like transmission issues or whatnot. But, you know, Foxwoods, again, not really comparable. But he did start 31st and finish 20th, so he's capable of moving up at ovals. <clears throat> Nashville started 22nd, finished 7th. Um, so, I mean, he has been a bit hit and miss this year, obviously. That's why he's priced where he's priced. Um, but he does have a pretty decent history here. You brought up Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. They are fighting for that last playoff spot currently held by Tyler Reddick. Um, you know, a win from somebody like, you know, Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick are likely to make the playoffs at this point just based off of points, regardless of um, who wins. Now, I will say... If you get two new winners, one of those guys isn't making the playoffs because there's only three spots right now available uh, for points. So it's going to, for Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon, they need guys who have already won to win, and then they need some lucky breaks for both of them to make it come into Daytona. Um those two guys, I mean, you know, Dylan's been improving at, at intermediate tracks for sure over the last few years. Uh, Michigan's been a pretty decent place for him. Last time they raced here, uh, he finished eighth. Pretty solid. He started 31st, finished eighth. Hard to do better than that. Um, Tyler Reddick, you did say, won the 2019 Xfinity race here, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And he's running this year's Xfinity race. So that'll help get some more track time for sure because they don't have cup practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, his two cup races here haven't exactly been great. He's gone backwards in both of them. Um, but again, he looks like a, a far better, more improved driver this year than, than previous years. Um, uh, Ryan Newman had a heck of a run last week. I'm just going to toss that out there, that Ryan Newman had a far better run last week than I thought he was going to. Now that was being he a said, beneficiary of the chaos? 
I'm only asking because uh, a little bit. If I'm being honest with our listeners, I fell asleep for the last 15 laps of the ND Road. He did. He fell asleep for the most exciting 15 <laughs> laps. All I'm sorry, <laughs> sleepy boy. Um. Now that being said, Newman is starting 16th this weekend, which we all know it does get a little dicey to play Ryan Newman that high. Um. You know. Stenhouse at 6,900, yeah or nay? God. I mean, he's capable of getting top 20s here. He's done it three times in the last five races. But he's just as likely to finish 28th or worse because he's done that twice in the last five races. So it's kind of on brand for Stenhouse, right? He's either going (laughs) to... He's either going to have a real good day or not a real good day. Um, I don't know. Starting 12th? It's a no. It's an it's a GPP deep field. Yeah, I mean, like 10% exposure, if, yeah. building multiple lineups. Okay, we got it. <laughs> I mean, his only hope making the playoffs is to win, and I don't think that's happening. Um, so, What value plays are you looking at this week for Michigan? Uh, I mean, we're not going to dive terribly deep. I don't think you have to with the way the pricing is. Uh, Quinn, s- Quinn Huff got his lucky result last week. We can't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that was nauseating to watch Quinn Huff get. What did he actually finish? 22nd. Second. At one point, he was 20th, though. And, uh, yeah, he gave you a whopping 36 points on $4,500 last week. So that was a heck of a <laughs> heck of a deal. Um I don't know. I don't know that we trust LaJoy in this package just yet. I mean, he's been okay. Not terrible. Not great. Um, 5600 bucks. It's possible. I mean, he'll start 24th. That's kind of about where he's been starting recently. And he probably finishes a spot or two better than that. Um. So maybe, I mean, it's not like he has to do that much to hit value at that price point. And he has had a history of moving up uh, several spots a race here uh, in the last few races. So I would say LaJoy right now um, is a pretty solid play. Um, Eric Jones you could toss in there because, again, Michigan driver uh, gets to sleep in his own bed. Uh, like <laughs> he's talked before. about that before yeah every time they go to michigan he goes yeah. yeah i get to go sleep in my own bed whether it pays dividends this time i don't know um last he, driver go ahead sorry but i mean he's been a guy that's been interesting at michigan i mean the years where we're a little off on him where he does better than not than like for example two trips ago not that big of a fan of eric jones like he started twenty third, he wasn't looking so great. Finished eleventh, right? Yeah. Then starts tenth because they flipped the top twenty because it was a double header. So I'm like, well, maybe you can hold this spot. Yeah, nope. Finished twenty seventh. So he's one of those guys where if you go light on him, he's gonna have a great day. If you go heavy on him, yeah, probably not gonna have a great day. Uh, last driver I want to talk about Bubba Wallace. Just kind of want to gauge what you're thinking here. 
Um, he's he's surprised us at times with like a fifth, a sixth. I've been off on Bubba Wallace every single weekend this year. But he's getting he's running Xfinity. <laughs> he's yeah, priced hilariously he's high. Insanely high, <laughs> right? He's like eleven five in Xfinity or something. Yeah. Which I don't I don't under how much can we value the extra laps that he's gonna get? I mean it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt, but at the same time, it's like I don't really want to play him in Xfinity, even though the PD is there for him. But it's like you know, it is it is more track time than you know the rest of the field in the Cup Series is getting. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that you and I kind of had the same feelings on him. I mean, I will say this, okay? If we look over the last ten races, <clears throat> a variety of different tracks, we got. Some road courses, some flat one miles. We got, you know, intermediates, whatnot. He hasn't necessarily, the only one he's gone markedly backwards in was New Hampshire, which we already knew wasn't going to be a good race for him. Right? He moved up 10 spots last weekend at Indy Road. He moved up three spots at the Glen. He moved up 10 spots at Atlanta. He moved up 12 spots at Road America. Moved up two at Pocono, but started seventh and finished fifth. Moved up six in the first Pocono race. Held even at Nashville. The All-Star Open doesn't count, but he held even there. And then he moved up one at Sonoma. So he hasn't... I mean, the values haven't necessarily been there. Yeah. But he hasn't killed you. So, I don't know, man. It's it's a tough read for, for Bubba for me this week. He is running the Xfinity. He has been okay at Michigan. He's held serve here. Um, he has been in, capable of moving up and getting, you know, a top, a top 10. So, I would say he's a GPP differentiator for me. All right. Uh, last question, because I know we're trying to jump off and keep this relatively, not short, but reasonable. Uh, is this a good week to, with 200 laps for the Cup Series, is this an okay week to target potentially two Dominators, or is this a one-Dominator build? Uh, I personally see it as generally being a one-Dominator build. Um, Kyle it Larson. Just, it just <laughs> tends to be the way the Michigan races work out. If one guy has it set up, they can check out and run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible to get two, especially since we're likely to get a comp caution uh, in the first stage without there being practice. Um, right. <clears throat> it's possible that you get a guy that goes out and leads the first several laps, and then um, or maybe most of stage one, then has a bad pit, and then has to take time to move his way back up. Um, you know, but yeah, generally speaking, it's probably best to try to sell out for that one dominator and hope you hit it. And, you know, for cash, I think there's still enough PD upside in this throughout this field, um, to take advantage of that in cash. I mean, some of the guys we just talked about are starting pretty decently back uh, in the pack. Austin Dillon is 26th. Um, Suarez is 30th. Um, 
you know, LaJoy 24th, you got Ballot 28th. So you've got some value guys back there. Uh, but for GPPs, it's going to be a one-dominator build, and then you're going to fill out the rest with guys that can either hold spot, uh, hint, hint, not going to be Justin Haley, um, <laughs> and then guys that can move up. All right. Well, Matt, I know you're incredibly busy. Best of luck the rest of this week with your move and uh, for NASCAR DFS. Best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck. Yeah, also heads up, FA Nation, that I won't be on um, – the playbook next weekend either i will try and have the track breakdown out though it is daytona not sure how much track breakdowns necessarily help but there will be one out um and then you'll get dan and his infinite wisdom on uh, the playbook for the most chaotic race i said a bad word on the podcast Um, i hope that wasn't picked up because then i have to edit that (laughs) gosh darn it um, so yeah, it should be Ed Rouse and Dan on the podcast next week. Uh, I'll still have some of the content out and then Dan will be your guy there in chat. And, and by the way, remember, so this weekend is a Sunday afternoon race. Daytona is a Saturday night race. So don't wait till Sunday to set your lineup. You'll have missed the race. No. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck to you and best of luck to the FA Nation. Best of luck, Evanation.